This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the SPH Pleasure Dome where we are here recording the double feature movie podcast. I'm Ernest Lewis and I'm with Jonathan Roberts who is in the guest critic seat today. He's reviewing Johnny English Strikes Again. Tell us, JB, was it good? How appropriate. Me being English, reviewing Johnny English. Yes. Well, what can I say about it? It's, considering the amount of talent that's involved in this film, it's really disappointing. And it's more because it's meant to be a comedy. Mm. The advantage a supposedly serious film has, if it's bad, is that you can still laugh at it. It becomes laughable. Comedies don't have that advantage. So Johnny English strikes again. This is actually uh, seven years Mm. after the last one, which was Johnny English Reborn. The first one was back in 2003, Mm. which is amazing because in 2003, Daniel Craig wasn't even Bond yet. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's a long, long time ago. There was nothing around there like it at the time. Mm. And, you know, it, it was quite a enjoyable they were box office hits, I mean. Oh, no, they, they are huge box office hits. $320 million US dollars yeah. for both the first movie, which the is first kind of, and second. Which is kind of amazing that it's taken uh, 15 years just to get three of them out. Mm. But in the seven years that it's taken from the last one, pretty clear they haven't spent that time creating the jokes for this. But Rowan Atkinson, I mean, isn't he like the king of physical comedy? Okay, this is why it's disappointing. Rowan Atkinson has what you call funny bones in that he just has to turn up and you will start laughing. <laughs> usually, usually, yeah. I should temper that. I mean, I've grown up on his work. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, young teenager, when Blackadder 2 came out, that was the talk of the mm. school next day, every episode, and it was <laughs> hilarious. But the comedy of that was fantastic. The joke rate was fantastic. Uh, of course, there's Mr. Bean as well, yeah. the favourite of post office queues worldwide. worldwide. Do you know that if you go to IKEA here in Singapore uh-huh. at the Alexandra outlet, they still show Mr. Bean. That's what I mean. He has been used as music, visual music. Maybe that's a bit mean because Mr. Bean is really funny. Yeah. I hurt myself laughing when <laughs> Mr. Bean first came on the scene. Yeah. There is a skit where he's um, in church and he needs to blow his nose. And there's a whole bit where he, he's trying to take his pocket, you know, rip <laughs> yeah, the lining from I his pocket because he's yes. got nothing. And then, well, go on YouTube, go find it. So, he's, everything he does, usually, is a masterclass in comedy, in mm. comic timing, in expression, in, yep. you know, here. So what happened here? Well, that's the question. Johnny English, what happened here? Yeah. He seems kind of tired in mm. the role. I, I think the main thing is is that there just aren't enough jokes. Well, the plot of this is quite basic. There's been a computer hacking. All the MI7 secret agents have been exposed, so they've had to recruit retired agents to come back into the field mm-hmm. so they can do their spy job. Johnny English is one of them. He's been retired. He's working at a school, uh, training, secretly training lots of school kids. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, I saw to, the bit in the you know, trailer. In yeah. all this spy work. And he seems to be really good at it. Mm. Um, but essentially, he's got to come in and he's he's tasked with finding out who's behind the hackings. At the same time, the Prime Minister, played by Emma Thompson, she's courting a tech billionaire, a kind of Steve Jobs-ish, uh, 
you know, cool Silicon Valley guy who's pitching uh, his IT solutions, essentially. Okay. So no surprises for who the villain turns out to be. It's, it's basically that plot. The big problem with this is that there just aren't enough jokes. It's a 88-minute film. The jokes are very few and far between. Mm. The ones that there are are very obvious. Okay. They're signposted. Quite obvious. It's like they're saying, okay, the joke's coming up now. <laughs> okay. Get ready for the joke. Right? Is that the one? Ah, that it... now here's the joke. Yeah. Here's the joke. And then just so you know, they kind of reiterate the joke later. So, by the way, if you didn't get the joke, this is what the joke was. <laughs> no. And then it, and then there's kind of like a, a silence after it. Mm. Now, if you think about other comedy films, the jokes come thick and fast. There's, yeah. The gags are more throwaway. The, there's less build-up, there's less setup, And some of these seem very familiar. Uh, one that really stuck out was when he's being given his new spy equipment. Uh, so he gets given this new phone, and, and of course, he's, oh, well, what else does it do? <laughs> and he's like, well, it's a phone. Okay. So it's just a phone. Right. Uh, it could have been done better. It could have been done with a bit more pace. Okay. But yeah. James Bond in Skyfall basically did that gag anyway. Mm. When he first meets Q, yes. he says, oh, what's this? It's a radio. What does it do? <laughs> yeah. It's a radio. Yeah. If if the film that you're meant to be spoofing has already beat you to the gag about six years ago, two films in six years Don't ago in it. the, its own franchise... Why are you repeating their jokes? Okay, I get it now. Uh, there's, a, there's another gag that is very, very similar to one from the last uh, Sherlock Holmes film. So, yeah, some of these seem kind of lazy. Yeah. A bit too as, obvious. As you said, they didn't do enough research in the seven years. Yeah. They didn't work on it. I mean, it. Th- there's, there's one the gag that, that shows what the potential could have been. Later in the film, Olga Kurilenko turns yeah. up as a femme fatale. She's figure. an actual Bond girl, right? She is an actual Bond yep. girl. She was in a, the much maligned Quantum of Solace. Mm. He's uh, trying to be undercover with her. Okay. So he gives her a pseudonym and he's briefly distracted and he forgets what his pseudonym is. So when she calls him by that name, he, he's like looking around for who she's talking to. <laughs> that was beautifully done as well. It's, it's that kind of spontaneity. Yeah. Ron Atkinson's skill with an expression, you know, to look kind of, huh, what? Be bewildered. It's... It was missing from everything else. The, a lot of the physical humor seems mm. quite labored. Okay. There's a bit later on where he takes some energy pills, so he hits the dance floor. Oh, is that oh. the famous dancing scene that Olga keeps mentioning about in interviews? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, but to see it on the screen... You were it, not excited by it. You were not thrilled by it. No. It, yeah. I mean, Rowan Atkinson is a brilliant physical comedian. Mm. But this just seemed like, okay, Rowan, give me a goofy dance. So it's, it seems a bit slower than it should be. It seems a bit laboured. I don't know if it's the direction or the enthusiasm of Atkinson himself. It seemed a bit, will this do? It, it kind of goes on. Uh, yeah. Okay. He it does did, the it did dancing, did all the stunts himself. Yeah, the, none of the... Didn't break his ankle. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But yeah, it seems a bit laboured. It seems a bit tired. So you think the franchise is on its last legs? I think... I I don't think they should do another one. Mm. Of course, if they wait seven more years to, for the next <laughs> one, uh, Atkinson will be seventy. Yeah, I was thinking that this felt like a bit like a kids' film, a bit like a children's film of uh, an older style children's film where everything's a bit gentle. The okay. the jokes are well worn, 
pre-loved jokes, you know, that would be new to kids. At the same time, there's a very kind of old person's attitude、mm. of all technology is awful. Yeah, you know, wasn't it nice when we didn't have phones?、Mm. You know, when cars gu- guzzled petrol and weren't electric, and you know, <laughs> oh, the new way of doing things is awful, isn't it? So it's kind of it's got this mix, but yeah, the pacing's off. Everything seems to be. If you, if you were to condense it into half an hour, perhaps you'd have a really good episode of a Johnny English TV episode of half an hour because you could easily condense this plot. There's loads of comedies at the moment that、okay. condense a huge amount of content into a short amount of time.、Uh, the director David Kerr has done some really good and interesting stuff on the small screen. There's a TV series called Inside Number Nine, which is a bit more darker,、okay. but he's. On the small screen, this is his first big screen outing. Yeah. On the small screen, he's pretty good, but because there's this pacing issue,、mm. because there's clearly not enough jokes, it, it looks a bit like, will this do? You know, which is a shame because again, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of talent. I mean, speaking of talent,、uh, Emma Thompson really throws herself into this role as the. She's Brit- new, British- right, to this series. I guess so. Okay. But, I mean, Emma Thompson is not. Is well known to everyone. Yes, she is the perfect person to play the British Prime Minister at the moment.、Yeah. She has that kind of authority. She is—I、uh, wouldn't say smarter than everybody else, but she has a better attitude than everybody else,、uh, and she gives it a load of gusto.、Mm. Olga Kurylenko—I mean, she plays the straight woman very well. She she's basically there to look askew at Rowan Atkinson as he's mugging away, and then outside of them, wow. I mean, you've got the villain. Well, the villain.、Uh, well, spoilers, folks. The villain, played by、uh, Jake Lacey,、uh, who plays Jason, the tech entrepreneur, who basically tries to get everyone to give him their security codes and everything.、Uh, he he's really bad in this. I, and I was wondering where. It, What he's done before, he's actually got quite a good comedy pedigree. He's been in the U.S. version of The Office. Okay, he was in Girls.、Um, he's been in quite a lot of you know good stuff. But here, wow! I don't, I don't know if they just took. It seemed like he was just reading lines. Wow! And it、Sounds、was he、bad. was so unconvincing that at some point I actually thought, is he actually American? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of gaps in this film to have a think about things. And I was like, "Is this a British guy attempting an American accent?" Because it seemed very wooden. It, right. He was. He was. Wow. And what do you find out? He is American. Yeah, I mean, he's an American <laughs> actor, but at some point, it was just like he seems to be struggling with the accent.、Hmm. And outside of those characters, everyone else seems to just be a member of the public who won a contest to be. In the film, because、uh, even the way the extras say the lines seems kind of very flat, very wooden, and kind of like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" So it has this vibe, as you said. I mean, it feels like they just put this movie out just to sort of complete some trinity. Maybe I guess so. I'm, I'm wondering who called for this film. I mean, given the the box office that the previous ones did,、mm. why not create something sooner? I dare say it's going to do really well, because if you're looking for a family film that won't offend, you know, that、yeah. is easily watchable, that is probably enough, quite enough to just sit your kids in front and watch. I don't know if kids get bored with this, but 
you know. It's no Pixar. I think those who grew up on Mr. Bean and all this, you know, some of the families, the young well, that's families. Well, me. Yeah. I grew up they, on Mr. Bean. They might bring their young children oh, just to see. Well, yeah. They might do, yeah. yeah. And, and then you've got the older parents and grandparents. It's very easily absorbable. Mm. Yeah, I think similar to Mr. Bean, the, th- the jokes are so obvious that whatever language you're watching in it, you know what's happening. The worst bit and the, the bit that really seems lazy, the main plot gets resolved. And it basically ends on Rowan Atkinson bearing his buttocks. Uh, the, he's that's in, how the he's plot in ends. The, well, that's not how he foils the plot. It's just that once everything's done and dusted, okay, he's in the suit of armor, which impedes his movement. And the strange thing is, as you watch him slowly lumber along, you can almost feel it. it time expanding itself as well because you're like oh god don't make it any slower come on please move along now we know what's happening but he's in this suit of armor he can't take it off he's been oiling this belt buckle on the thing and then everything's resolved he's stood in front of the world's press hurrah he's saved the day and then his metal trousers fall down so he covers his uh well Covers his front junk yep. with his... Uh, with his uh, <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. It'll sound worse now. He covers <laughs> his front junk with his helmet. Uh, <laughs> with his knight's shining armor helmet. Yeah. Yes. Does not sound good, does it? <laughs> uh, at which point he turns around and we get a full display of Ron Atkinson's buttocks. Oh. I think it's his buttocks. Um, I don't know if he got a stunt double in for it. But yeah, I mean, hmm. you know, talk about scraping the bottom. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good point to end this show, JB. Ending on a bum note. Uh Aha. That's it from us both at the SPH Pleasure Dome. Till the next episode of Double Feature Movie Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was an SPH Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.